Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, man? I am doing well. Can't wait for the Steelers to get back in action this weekend. But it was a fun ride last weekend without having the pressure of them playing. Watch the games, enjoy some football. Yeah, Steelers have uh, one of the earlier buys this year, which, who knows? You know, a, a team that's maybe hasn't had the success that they wish they had, I think it, it could bode well. Obviously, for teams that have championship aspirations, uh, later buys typically help. But uh, let's see if, obviously, the Steelers, you know, get things under control and get rolling again. Uh, before we get any farther, you, only because you brought up the Steelers, what did you, you think of Tomlin's remarks about the USC job? Oh, I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. The one thing I, I loved that he said at the end in my opinion, he he's 100% right in saying that he could have just said this and it would have been enough, but obviously his spiel is great. Are you asking Sean Payton this? Are you asking Andy Reid this? I, that's perfect. Because truly, it's like nobody would look Bill Belichick in the face and be like, are you taking the USC job? Nobody would say that to Andy Reid. Nobody would say that to Sean Payton. Why the hell are they saying it to Mike Tomlin? Mike Tomlin is in that category with those four guys. And potentially... No, I, honestly, it's it. That would be a respectable question to Pete Carroll, in my opinion. But it's not to Mike Tomlin. But apparently, I people aren't backing down. They're saying he's actually involved in this. Who knows? I, I, I have a hard time believing that after the response that we've seen him give. But what what is your opinion on the whole thing? Um, I I I get why they asked him because his name was brought up. Yeah. By other people, but I ask like going further other people wouldn't bring up Andy Reid or Sean Payton because it's almost laughable to think that they would even be rumored to go to a college job but like I guess I just don't get it like why would Mike Tomlin and yeah um there are some people who think you know it's really weird when I heard it on like uh talk radio this morning it was really weird that some people thought he could have been bringing up the possibility of race because Andy Reid and Sean Payton are white coaches and I was like that not not as like not even for a shred of a second did I think that it was about two other high profile coaches who have been had great careers and have won Super Bowl victory and, yeah. and it's just you know and it's just crazy to me and a lot of people could say well Mike Tomlin's had Big Ben his whole career and it's like well Sean Payton had three losing seasons with Drew Brees as his head coach or you know Andy Reid has had Donovan McNabb Michael Vick Patrick Mahomes so I mean. It's nothing like that. It was basically, you know, this is a joke. I don't have time for it. It's laughable. You know, I love the quote, there ain't a booster with a big enough blank check. And then that last sentence was basically, put some respect on my name. This is childish. And he walked out. I mean, if he wants it, as long as things don't go like absolutely terrible for like four years straight or something here soon, he could be the Steelers head coach for another 15, 20 years. I mean, the, the organization has had three coaches for 52 years. There's no, like it's one of the best job security spots and man's never had a losing record. Been to two Super Bowls, one and lost one. I mean, I loved his quote because there are a lot of coaches that, you know, just laugh and they're like that. No, or they're just like, you know, kind of keep the door open or Nick Wright made a good point this morning. You know, he said, he said some coaches like that out there, you know, it gives them a little bit of leverage. Like, Hey, there's other places that want me. Mike Tomlin wants to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. He loves it there. 
And his next move is either promotion to GM or retirement from the NFL. I don't see him going somewhere else, especially with, I mean, the Steelers are doing fine. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I actually, I mentioned this to, I believe it was Tony Noel on the Facebook page. And I mean this. I'm not just saying this because, you know, you're my co-host or whatever. I'll, I'll bash the Steelers if I feel like I need to bash the Steelers. The, the Steelers are a quarterback away from being a very good football team. Back, and I said this, back to being a 10 to 13 win football team. And Big Ben's all right, but he's not winning you 13 games anymore. I mean, that defense yeah. needs to be very good. And it, it's just, that's the facts of life. Um, but yeah, that I, I don't, I think Mike Tomlin's great. Uh, I think it's crazy. And I, I truly, I think I thought his response was great too. So uh, we'll get moving here. We got some mailbag questions to open up the pod today. Actually, that just opened up the pod, but got some mailbag questions. A couple of them here. Uh, Jamie writes in every week. Uh, this this question I find kind of funny. I'm not sure if he's being serious with this, but I'm going to answer it seriously. Jamie Lado says, is the Madden curse alive? Brady, the MVP candidate, Mahomes most turnovers so far. So here's what, here's what I'll say to this. I'll answer this first. And I'll let you go. I personally believe the Madden curse is made up. It originated because people would be on the cover of Madden, and then the very next year they would get hurt. Well, then when players stopped getting hurt, they then translated it to, well, then they had a really bad season. I think ultimately you're always going to find the Madden player, the player that's on the cover of Madden, traditionally is coming off what? A good season, right? Would you agree? Yeah. Any time you're coming off a good season, 99% of the time you're going to regress. And if you're going to regress, then your se- your season is going to be, quote unquote, bad numbers or whatever. You know, a couple of years back, Brady was on the, the cover, wasn't hurt. Uh, a couple of years back, Lamar Jackson was on the cover, wasn't hurt. Patrick Mahomes was on the cover, I believe, just last year, correct? He got hurt for a day. I mean, he was on he was on uh, 20. 21 was Lamar Jackson. OK. Which, yeah. So and then was. Brady was either on 19 or 18. I don't remember. So then I don't remember who was on 19. 18 was Antonio Brown. Um, I can't think of 19 right now. Brady, goat edition, maybe. Regardless, I think at the end of the day, I don't know that I necessarily believe in the Madden curse. I think it's kind of one of those things that did have some credibility for a minute there and has really kind of worn off. Maybe that's what he means by, is it alive? Yeah. Well, you go here. Yeah. Madden curse is definitely a real thing. Um, injuries and poor play. I definitely believe in the Madden curse. Patrick Mahomes is getting the poor play. And then Brady's lucky enough that ex-Madden cover athlete Antonio Brown and ex-cover athlete Gronk are taking some of the injury curse away from Brady, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- you know, they're they're taking one for the team, and only a fellow Madden cover athlete can, can take that pressure away so they're they're all having good seasons but a b and gronk are kind of taking their turns missing games so that brady doesn't have to you know he can pirate the ship and um uh, he also lucked out again you know patrick mahomes is taking 50 percent of it on his own shoulders right away maybe even 60 to 70 so brady lucked out that his uh his co-cover athlete is taking some of the curse and his you know fellow ex-athletes a b and gronk are taking some of the curse as well 
So um, Madden Curse is alive, is well, but if there's one guy who defeats any stigma, it is and only has been Tom Brady as he continues to do such. Well, folks, that's a wrap. Uh, that's going to be the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll keep it moving here. Kyle, uh, weekly listener. Other than the Cardinals round two, what stops the Rams? Injuries. Injuries? Anything else? No. I mean, other good teams. I mean, you look at there. there there's five one-loss teams in the NFC. So, I mean... Once they get to the playoffs, it's going to be tough. But, like, no Russell Wilson, 49ers aren't what we thought they were. So, in division, it's really only the Cardinals right now. And uh, the Rams did not win their division last year. So, they have a second-place schedule. And they already played Tampa and beat them. Uh, they don't have – I don't believe they draw the Packers. Uh, th- this team is going to compete for a number one seed. They're going to 100% make the playoffs unless injuries completely cover this team. Once we get to the playoffs, that's a whole different story, but I assume this question is right now at the regular season. For the foreseeable weeks 8 to 18, what stops the Rams? What team would you take over the Rams that they still have on their schedule other than the Cardinals, like you pointed out? None. So it'd be injuries. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. You know, Jalen Ramsey, they can't afford to lose the big four or five guys, Robert Woods. But if Woods, Cup, Stafford, uh, the offensive line, Jalen, Aaron Donald, if those guys stay healthy, this team, you know, there's a reason on our power rankings, they're top five, oftentimes top three. So injuries. Yeah, I mean, obviously injuries would be the would be the key there, but I'm actually I mean, I took this as a postseason question. If if you're if you're asking me who stops them in the regular season, I mean, th- this team's winning at least 12 games. They're they're at least 12 and five minimum, which is going to be a top couple seed. Uh, the the funny thing is, is they're currently the fifth seed. Um, and, and personally, I mean, what stops them? Arizona beat them already. Uh, they beat Tampa, but truly, I mean, I like Tampa in a playoff game. Uh, Green Bay, if they have to go to Green Bay, that's a tough out. Going to Dallas or even ha- to having Dallas come to you, that's a tough out. The Saints are currently a playoff team. I think they're a tough out if for some reason the Saints were to be able to get in front of them, which I don't think they would. The NFC is very, very top-heavy. The top five teams, Rams, Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, anybody's game. Uh, I guess that's how I would answer your question. And then obviously if they get to the Super Bowl, we'll we'll talk about some AFC teams later. We won't get too much into that. But, uh, yeah, I mean. I also – I just looked at their schedule – the Rams don't have smooth sailing. Uh, just a few opponents that they play. Titans, Packers, Cardinals, uh, Seahawks, because it looks like Russ will be back by then. Uh, Vikings, Ravens. So, I mean, they still they got, have a really... Was that four playoff teams? Five playoff teams right there? They, they've, they've got a tough schedule, but the rest of their division plays a lot of the same opponents. But this is a team that will make the playoffs. Um Again, we're too far from the postseason. I did take this as a regular season question. The goal is to make the playoffs. Only injuries can stop the Rams because even against those five playoff teams, I'd still take the Rams to go three and two. I still like them in most of those games. And truly, I think the only way this team, you know, speaking of injuries, the only injury that would take this team out of a legit playoff contender, I think, is Stafford or Donald. Maybe, maybe Ramsey. 
you could even lose one receiver. I think this team's still okay. Or uh, you could lose another running back. This team's still okay. Um, they're just too well coached, too well schemed. I think they would have to have a massive injury. But we, one of their top three, Stafford, Ramsey, uh, Donald, and it would have to be big time. Uh, moving on here, another Stafford question. I get well, the last one wasn't Stafford question, but it is now. Was Stafford just missing a real number one wide receiver since Johnson left? I thought Jamie Lato commented and actually answered this beautifully. The, the Detroit Lions, if you're listening to this pod and you think, oh, here we go, Jeff and Brad just shit on the Lions all day. Listen, you guys, I am from Michigan. Okay, I was born in Detroit. And personally, I wish sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I do wish that I was a Lions fan so that I could claim 100% Detroit pride. But the one thing that I've never been I've never, I've never bandwagoned anything. I've never been a Lions fan. Like never for even a day was I like, oh, I'm a Lions fan. That it was just never a thing. And the reason why is because they don't put any effort into running a successful franchise. You cannot be under any circumstances this bad for this long. And you've had two of the top. You've had a top five running back and a top five wide receiver, top 10 wide receiver, easily top three running back, most likely. And you're, and to be honest, and you had a, a generational talent at quarterback with Matthew Stafford, and you've been historically bad, historically bad for so long. I'm sorry, the ownership there is is atrocious. It's a very, very, very poorly run organization. It's the most poorly run organization in the entire league, bar none. It has been for years, and there's a lot of Detroit fans that are probably they're nodding along, like, yeah, Jeff's nailing it on the head. You guys, I wish. Detroit was better just for the sake of Detroit being better, A, but B, and I'm not a big second team guy, but I would root for the Lions in the sense of like, yeah, go Lions, if they would be able to get good. Just like I tell you guys how much I like the Titans, how much I like the Panthers, because I see teams that are progressing and building from within, I want to root for them. Right now, I'm really liking the Bengals. Obviously, I'm a Patriot fan, but there's teams that I enjoy because of how they build themselves. The Lions, I wish that could be them, but they're Hot dog water. Yeah. Um, Madden 13, Calvin Johnson was on the cover of Madden. Madden 25, Barry Sanders was on the anniversary cover. That makes two Madden cover athletes. And in the last 60 years, they have more Madden cover athletes than playoff wins. In the last 60 years. This was not a one-player fixable thing. This is not just a good wide receiver we always talked about how do they have Calvin? Didn't they have Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson the year they went 0 and 16? Correct me no, if I'm wrong. They did Who not. did they have that year? Stafford was drafted because of the 0 and 16 team. Okay, but they had Calvin at the time. They, Calvin for one year. He it was yeah. his it was his rookie season or second year. I don't remember. Okay, yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, we still saw Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson, and they heart they maybe made the playoffs. It's, from the top down, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I've never been an NFL organization, but clearly, clearly they've they've just never been good. And it's not even like a one-off year where they were great, like the Jaguars kind of had. Or you know, when I was born, the Bills were never good. Now they're good. You know, the Bengals were never good. Now they're good. The Browns were never good. Now they are. Like eventually, teams figure it out. How come the Lions never have? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And but no, I don't think one wide receiver fixes that for Stafford. And, you know, Kyle, to answer your question even deeper, 
only because I'm 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 a, I'm a football guy. I've been playing fantasy for so long. It's really easy to remember who teams had in certain time periods. Look it up. Matthew Stafford had both Calvin Johnson and Roy Williams at first. Roy Williams went away. Then he got Golden Tate at one point. Okay. Those Golden Tate is a very respectable receiver in this league, especially in his prime. He was a very good receiver. It it was it was more than that. The team is historically bad and poorly run. Kyle got one more here for the trifecta. After close primetime losses the last two weeks to Seattle, for Seattle, sorry, for Seattle, would Cam Newton on a veteran minimum give them better results than Geno? Parentheses, a sad Seahawks fan. No. Cam Newton's better, but the time you get him in there, teach him the scheme, he plays a few games, Russell Wilson's back. Why even bring him in? No. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Here's the thing. <clears throat> You're talking about a guy that respected Cam and liked Cam last year and wished things would have worked out. So I'm I'm a slight Cam Newton fan. Am I a homer for Cam? No, absolutely not. I'll tell you how it is. Don't tell me that Geno Smith, who I believe has been in, and you'd know better than me, Kyle, you're a Seahawks fan. I believe he's been the backup for Russ for several years now, like two, three, three years, four, four years, four years. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was a good amount of time. That is a fair amount of time. Imagine a rookie coming in and having his entire first, his rookie deal. That is essentially what Geno's been on, right? He has been studying under Russ this whole time. You know the offense way better than what Cam Newton would get in essentially a two-week time. I, I'm sorry, but Geno needs to be good enough. And the thing is, this just proves what we've been saying for a long time. Without Russell Wilson, what is this team? They are only good at what Russell Wilson is good at, period, point blank. Their only score the other night was a... Some people say it was pass interference offensively, but it was basically DK Metcalf mauling a man. Outside of that, what do they do that's good? Their touchdown pass was 84 yards, which was a screenplay. Yeah. The rest of his 11 completions combined were 83 yards. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. So that's. And Pete Carroll likes to run the ball, plays a little conservative anyway. It's just with Russ, you know, his connection on the deep ball and his ability to extend plays. Uh, I don't think Pete Carroll's a great NFL coach. I mean, outside of Russell Wilson, he's kind of been, you know, and you can say that a lot, maybe a lot of, you know, coaches, if they don't have a good quarterback, they don't play well. But again, I don't think it's worth looking into too much. I think it's kind of like the Steelers, like for the past five to eight years ish, you know, if Ben goes down, the offense is terrible. You know, you never had a great backup. So when Russ goes down, it's not worth it to keep bringing in new guys and cycle through this and that. You just got to, you know, hope your defense can win you some games and the running game shows out. I don't think it's worth pulling your hair out and bringing in multiple guys for a backup spot when, you know, Russ is going to be back in two to three weeks anyway. Completely agree. And we have a trade. Just happened? Uh, Yeah. So the Saints are trading for former Saint running back and current Texans running back, Mark Ingram. Wow. So they're bringing Mark Ingram back, okay? But oh. as, this, as this is happening, Brandon Cooks tweeted out, such bullshit, such a joke. Brandon Cooks, obviously being one of the locker room leaders in Houston, 
sees that this team's now officially trying to tank, maybe he tries to force his way out. Obviously, yeah, he's had because he's not a really bad team. If they're trying to get rid of Deshaun Watson for all these picks, they may start shopping all their players to have a complete and utter rebuild. I wonder if yeah. this is a sign that the Deshaun Watson trade is going to go through to Miami. If they're already committing to releasing all these other players, but it could also be such bullshit because maybe Brandon Cooks wanted to go back to the Saints, and they took Mark Ingram back instead of him. Brandon Cooks needs to come back to New England. I'm not just saying that. I, I go I back think to he... the Rams, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the ra- oh, how nasty! Would that go back be? to the Rams. Have a year. That would be nasty. All right, uh, we're done with the mailbag, but I have some fun questions. I put a lot of thought into these questions this week to discuss. And uh, the one thing I'll say before I get into this next question, I listened to a fantastic podcast this week. Uh, Every Tuesday, Tom Brady and Jim Gray record a podcast called Let's Go. I just spoke about it last week on the pod. And the reason I'm bringing it up again this week is because they had an hour and a half panel where they brought the biggest names in all football on this on this call on the zoom call and each of them got to ask tom brady one question okay um the biggest names in football you name it jim nance uh steve young uh chris broadstand uh colin cowherd was on there uh gosh i'm i'm forgetting a ton of names so many people were on this call and they all you got um they all got to ask him one question pam oliver was on there Anybody that you see on your TV weekly was on there. I go, go listen to it. Go give it a listen. Go dedicate an hour of your life to listen to this pod. It's fantastic. If you hate Tom Brady, you might not after this pod. If you love Tom Brady, you'll love him more. Uh, I thought first off, Tom Brady is a great interview, but I thought this, this whole thing was fantastic. Brad, if you haven't given it a chance to listen to, I would do I highly recommend it. Um, but here's my question. So Tom Brady, this past week, threw a 600 touchdown, and it's continuing to grow. I think he's at 602 now, okay? Do you see this being broken with the current game? And is that player currently in the league? There's a lot to consider here. The fact that the game's changing, so there's more scoring. You know, Tom Brady, his first eight years in the league, only averaged, I think, like, 28 or 29 touchdowns a year and now players are averaging over 30 over 40 and then also he has the longevity do you think it does get broken and is that player currently in the league i think it does get broken i mean eventually over time especially with the expanding of more games as well coming in yeah and it's a pat it's a pass heavy league and I don't know. Um, you see some struggles with Mahomes right now, but you look at a young and upcoming quarterback in Josh Allen. If he has the longevity, he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns. And obviously this doesn't directly link that he's going to be better than Brady. Okay, that's not what this is. It's about just passing touchdown numbers. No, I'm just asking you a question. But, yeah, I'm not insinuating you're calling anyone the GOAT. Yeah, but I mean someone who might have longevity. You look at guys like Dak Prescott, who's going to get a lot of passing touchdowns. Josh Allen. You know, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are still under 24. I mean, if these guys play 15, 16 years and throw 30 touchdowns, you know, I mean, that's – it is such a long number, and he's played 22 seasons, and 
you know, it's kind of crazy, but I do believe it gets broken. And I have no reason to say that it couldn't be by one of the guys. Now, when you look at the amount of offensive coaches, the pass heavy league, you know, things of that nature. Um, but yes, especially with 18 games right around the corner, it looks like for the NFL, uh, it's hard to put a name on it, but yes, I do think eventually it will be broken unless he plays, you know, another three years and maybe hits 700, you know, 33 touchdowns a year for two or three more, for three more seasons, he could even hit 700. So I don't want to speculate yet because he's not done, but if it stays at 600, he will not be the only quarterback at 600. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't know that I agree or disagree. I think it's such a hard question. Um, one of the reasons I asked is because I wanted a quote unquote unbiased opinion, but I think that just doing some simple math, if a player played 15 seasons, which is a long time in the NFL as a, that is a very great career. They'd have to throw 40 a year. So I mean, it's a lot just to get to 600. That's not even including what he's he's going to throw. Gosh, I mean, he still has 10 games to go. Uh, he's going to yeah, throw I, another 30 this year, at yeah, least. You, you kind of look at players who can spike. Like, so if Patrick Mahomes, even though he's playing, you know, he's got a lot of turnovers, he could still potentially have 30 to 35 touchdown passes this year. Absolutely. And he had one season with over 50. You know, so some quarterbacks are going to have those spikes where, like, they're going to average in the 30s and have spikes in the high 40s and 50s. And, again, you just see so many passes. You see guys throwing fades at the two-yard line instead of running it now. So, I mean, there's just so much. There's so much passing in the game. And I just – I would have to believe that passing numbers and yardage numbers are going to spike, you know. And some of these young quarterbacks are going to have tremendous numbers. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. All right, so this next one I got here, I'm going to give you um, first and second year wide receivers, so rookies, sophomores, okay? And I want you to grade them, give them a letter grade, A, B, or C, okay? okay. And the players that you give an A to, I'm going to have you rank those players afterwards, all right? Okay. And I think this is fun because there's some really good wide receivers that have come into the league and that are really spiking. If there's somebody I don't name, let me know. I think I got them all, though. At least the really good ones. I'm going to try, yeah. Jerry Judy. C. Wow. I don't disagree. I just, I didn't expect you to be that harsh, but I don't disagree. Henry well, Ruggs. I know you're, I know you're going to name a lot of good young, like, I got to set the bar somewhere. And it, no, you know who's coming. He's going to be a C out of these guys. Um, Henry, Henry Ruggs. Ruggs. B. B. Okay. Jalen Waddell. Gosh, I haven't really seen a lot of him, and he's had, like, two quarterbacks turmoil. I'm going to give him a B because he looks like a playmaker, but I just haven't really seen enough. Do, do yourself a favor. Look up his stats. They're actually really good. He's actually yeah. putting up all stats in, in, in a team that has won one game. Right? One game, or they finally won a second one? Yeah, they've won one game. They're, they're, they're hot dog water, and yeah. he's putting up good numbers. Uh, Devonta Smith. disagree okay uh justin jefferson a jamar chase a cd lamb a 
Did I forget anyone? Uh, it's kind of no Chase Claypool, but it's, it's whatever. Oh, you know what? It, you're you're right. Ch- now, mind you, he wasn't first round like the rest of these guys. The rest of these yep. guys were all well, first rounders. To be fair, he was second round, but he was the Steelers' first pick. Let's let's throw Chase in there just for fun. I, I think say he'd be, I'd say B. B though. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, B's fair. He's definitely not A, but he's definitely B. Um, I think the only one we really disagree with is Devonta Smith. I think he's if he's not a C, he's he's B minus. He's borderline. He's borderline C right now. He hasn't done enough. And Jerry uh, Judy, you only because you gave Jerry Judy a C, and I agree. I think Devonte Smith is pretty much an, on on par with him right now. Uh. CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Those are the three I assumed you would give A's to, which I would 100% agree. Holy hell. Three elite receivers, great players. All these guys, the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Bengals, are all very happy they drafted these guys. Now I need you to rank them. I think we're going to agree, and then I think we're going to slightly disagree. We're not going to agree. Who's three? Justin Jefferson. Agree. I'm going to put Chase at two. I like C.D. Lamb as number one. No, we. I think we... I got I Chase at one by the end of the year. Though. But C.D. Lamb is, yeah, he's a dog. Let me, let me say this, though, because I agree with you. I, I had a feeling we were going to agree. Um, I also think Justin Jefferson, by the way, though he's an A, he's... I think I think Chase and Lamb are A pluses and I think that Justin Jefferson's like A minus. I don't even think I he's think full. all these guys would fall in my top twelve receivers. So like me putting Justin Jefferson at the three. Huh? All of these guys are just the three. The no, three A's. The three A's. Okay, yeah. The yeah. three A's I think would all make my top twelve receivers in the league. So like me putting Justin Jefferson three here. He could still potentially be, in my opinion. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but he could be the the tenth best receiver in the league, which is still amazing. But yeah. uh, I I love C D Lamb, and I was, you know, when we did our pre draft stuff, I was kind of the guy I was like, you might see Jerry Judy first because the Broncos right now, blah blah blah. But I said in two to three years, and especially by the end of the rookie contract, we would talk about C D Lamb as the best wide receiver because there was that discussion: Oklahoma, Alabama, Judy, and C D Lamb in the same draft, and I was like. You know, CeeDee Lamb fell all the way to 19. It was crazy. And I was like, this dude's going to rock, especially when he got Dak. I was like, absolutely. He's wasn't, he was drafted for sure after Ruggs, wasn't he? Drafted after Judy, too. Yeah, Judy was like the first one taken. I think he was a Ruggs single. Was... Are you sure? I'm like 99% oh, positive. They went like 11 12, didn't they? Yeah. They, they both, like, they went. Yeah, but still, C.D. Lamb was like seven picks after them, and he's the best out of that draft class. Oh, 100%. And well, it's the same draft class as Jefferson, so wow, that's a... Isn't Jefferson it? was the fourth receiver taken. He might even be in the fifth. He was the fifth because the Eagles took Jalen Rager instead of Justin Jefferson. You're right. Also, they took Jalen Rager, and then... LaVisca the, the, the first rounder too, right? Uh, it, I think if he was, he was like 31 or 32, like yeah. tail end, like they grabbed him. But yeah. yeah. Boy, wow. oh boy. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's all I got. I'm ready for power rankings if you are. Ready as I'll ever be. 
So I did. I find myself doing this often, and I don't. I don't want to say it's a cop out, but I, I don't know who you have in your top ten. We don't ever talk about this, but I went through and legitimately thought to myself, who could make my top ten this week? And the I only could come up with twelve teams, like only that I could even make a case for. 13 and down, I'm sorry. I have more cases that you aren't a top 10 than you are a top 10. Yeah, we have so the I, same. I made a top 12. Okay. Okay. 12. New Orleans. They are borderline 12. They are borderline 12. The only reason they're 12 is because they're still winning football games. In, in my opinion, they've... They had the most question marks coming this season. They lost a Hall of Fame quarterback. Their Pro Bowl wide receiver who broke records a year and a half ago still isn't healthy. They had the worst cap situation by a mile coming into the season. They didn't even start their first three games of the year in their own stadium. They couldn't practice. They've had so much turmoil. At one point, they had seven, six or seven coaches out, and they still continue to win. I know you're holding your face here. I have more arguments that they're a good team than they're a bad team. I'm sorry. I, they're a team I have 12 teams on my paper. Like, I have my first two left out, and I just can't believe you're going to put the Saints in over the Browns. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm out on the Browns. I'm out but on I, them. I, I, I see that, but that's just shocking to me. If they played right now, you'd take the Saints to beat the Browns? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah I would. I'm out on them. Okay. They're the. I'm not so sure they're not the worst team in their division. Okay. It's hey, it's football, baby. Yep. Number eleven. I love this team. I love the quarterback. I don't love them as a Super Bowl favorite, but they are borderline a top ten team. They just missed it this week. L.A. Chargers. Uh, there's a lot to like. They're they're terrible against the run, and their defense isn't that great. But they're an offensive juggernaut, and it just seems like when they don't score points, they look atrocious, much like how Baltimore bears them. Probably my biggest dropper this week, and I'm not out on them, so I don't want you guys to think that I just overreacted last week, Baltimore. I have Baltimore at 10. I still love Baltimore. But the problem is I have them at 10 because literally almost every team above them has either beaten them or I just am not so sure that they would beat them today. Um. I need to see more. The, Baltimore has lost a ton of pieces this year. I, I, I still have a lot of hope for them, and I, I, I think they're going to win that division. I have them at 10. Nine. I, I can't keep disrespecting this team. I have the Raiders in. The Raiders continue to freaking win games. They beat Baltimore. Uh, they did lose to the Chargers, though if they played them again at, at home, I think they probably win. That game was at L.A., um, I, I, I like the Raiders at nine, eight, this team, this is, this is probably like my, my new team that I'm going to talk about every week, much like you guys got annoyed that I talked about the Titans or the Panthers. I, I love the Bengals. I'm obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with Jamar Chase. I'm obsessed with Joe Burrow. I love everything about them. Um, and truthfully, I listened to the Colin Coward podcast this morning, his personal podcast, and he had Zach Taylor, the, the coach, on there. And another great listen. Um, I know I'm 
telling you guys all these other pods, listen to mine first, please. And Brad's listen to real talk. But uh, before we go there, like the Bengals at eight, I love them. Unfortunately, I have them at eight because they lost this team, the Packers at seven. Green Bay, I'm just not ready to pull the trigger that they're a top five team yet. And I think I have them in the right spot. I think I could argue them a little bit lower and a little bit higher, but I think I have them right around where they're at because I think they would lose to this team, the the Titans. Uh, The Titans, let me give it to you straight with them. I loved them. I fell off them. I'm back on them. And here's why I'm kind of in this roller coaster with them. Week one, they get embarrassed by who? The Arizona Cardinals. How many losses do they have? Oh, that's right. Zero. Okay, they probably poorly game planned against them, thinking that they were probably a seven win, seven or nine win team like we did. And truly, that team jumped off the page against them. They got sticker shocked. Then they win a couple games. They lose to the Jets without their top two wide receivers. What do the Jets do? They stack the box. They get the W. Since then, they've beaten everybody they've played. They're, I mean, really, they have one legitimate good loss. I would argue they're, they're, this team is they have one loss when they're, when they're fully healthy. So I like the Titans at six. Five, a team that actually lost to Buffalo or uh, lost to the Titans. I have Buffalo here. Uh, I go back and forth on these two teams because I think that the Titans could beat them again, but I also think Buffalo could beat them again. I think it's all going to depend on the matchup and on the day because Buffalo is very good, and truly you could say they came a stumbled goal line trip away from beating them. So Buffalo at five. I like all these teams more than Buffalo, though, and I really like Buffalo. Four, Dallas. I think I had this exact same ranking last week, maybe. I'm not quite sure, but four, Dallas. I really like Dallas. Uh, They've won every single game since losing week one to Tampa. Uh, Three, the Rams. I think, ultimately, the Rams are a better version of Dallas. You could argue right now that Dallas has... Dallas has really great players outside of outside of their their defensive line because DeMarcus Lawrence is out. The Rams are literally the exact same team with just better options. Uh, Stafford and Dak, pretty comparable. I think some people would take Dak, some people would take Stafford. The wide receivers are pretty comparable, but the, the Rams are just super efficient with theirs rather than throwing it around the field. And then obviously they have Ramsey where um, the Cowboys have Diggs. And then they also have Aaron Donald, who's the outlier on that team. That's why I have the Rams at three. Number two and one, the the reason I have this team at two is because they've lost. It's Tampa. Truly, a lot of people are going to make a a fuss about their corners. Who gives a shit about their corners? You, You literally can't outscore them. The Rams did when they played a perfect football game. Literally a perfect football game. Go back and look at the box score. I mean, legitimately, Tampa is... They are, they're something else. What they did to the Bears this past week without Gronk, without Antonio Brown, um, it just seems, it doesn't even matter. Mike Evans was out there bossing kids up. Honestly, it didn't even seem like he played that great of a game. Tom Brady had a pretty poor game and threw four touchdowns. Truthfully, Tampa is, they're unreal. But I have this team at one because they've beaten literally everybody they've played. I've picked them to lose a couple times this year and they haven't. And I, I just think they got too many dudes. The only reason I think this team will lose is in a coaching mismatch because they don't have a mismatch anywhere else on the field. They got bosses everywhere. Defensive line, linebackers, corners, even their running backs that you could say are just questionable average backs are having good seasons for them. 
And then obviously they're stacked at wide receiver. We all know that Hopkins, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, who's turning it on. And then the current MVP of the league, Kyler Murray. That wraps it up. Yeah, our list is a uh, pretty similar. Um, just a few things switched around. Uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be quick. Um, I have the Browns and Chargers as the first two teams out. Chargers, I believe, are worthy of a top ten spot. But um, last game we saw they got destroyed, and then they were on a bye week, so I haven't really had anything to refresh my memory on them. So currently they're going to be the first team out. Um, number ten, I also have the Ravens. Uh, they barely beat the Lions. They have three one-possession wins. They're barely winning games. So uh, I just think that, um, yeah, Lions are the worst team in the league. So if you if you barely beat them with a the field goal, it's going to hold against you. But still, you're a top 10 team. And I still think there are ways to, to limit this offense. They're going to be number 10. Number nine, I have the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr is playing out of his mind. Leads the league with five games at 300 or more passing yards. Last game against the Eagles, he went 31 for 34. And one of his incompletions was an interception that went off of his wide receiver's hand. So, like, you could argue that it's not even his fault. Um, number eight, uh, I have the Titans right now. Um, they are playing amazing. Uh, I am going to, you know, pull the strings a little bit because they did lose to the Jets. But I do defend them in the fact that this year they lead the league in players who have been on the IR. And they're still 5-2. and two. And, again, punter corner defensive lineman wide receiver wide receiver they did they had their jv team out there against the jets and still took them to overtime close winnable game didn't go their way number seven i have the Bengals. um they've really been good both ways uh their offense is nuclear at times joe mixon jamar chase joe burrow that's quite the three-headed monster and their two losses, a weird three interceptions on three straight attempts by Joe Burrow against the Bears, and they lose by a field goal. So they play terribly and lose by three. And they had the wild kicker game versus the Packers that could have gone either way. So you look at this team, they're blowing out teams that they should beat by a lot. The Steelers, the Lions, you know, they're taking care of business. And then when they play good teams, they're able to still beat them handily or win. Um, I only have the Packers ahead of them because, you know, Packers six and one got to give them the record advantage and they won head to head. I know that was a completely even game. You could have either team ahead of each other, but I felt like it would be wrong to put the Bengals out of the Packers since they won head to head. Uh, number five, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they do have some reasons to be above the Bills. I just think the Bills are still a better team, but the Cowboys 6.6 .6 yards per play, number one in the NFL. And they are currently on pace to be the first team ever with two 1,000-yard rushers and two 1,000-yard receivers. C.D. Lamb, Mari Cooper, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott. That's crazy to me. The every, all of them are getting in. And in fantasy leaders, their tight end, Schultz, is number five in fantasy points among tight ends. So their offense hums. They have outgained every opponent they've played this year, including Tampa, who they lost to which that's a nice only loss on your record. And they have the defensive player of the year currently. I just made a lot of reasons as to why I probably should have put them above the Bills. The Cowboys are playing absolutely ridiculous this year. Um, but the Bills, four and two, they have the number two scoring offense and the number one scoring defense. They have two shutouts on the year, and they're really, I think, a Josh Allen slip away from beating the Titans, which changes the whole landscape of things. But what we do need to get prepared for uh, on the Bills is their next three games are Dolphins, Jags, Jets. 
so they're probably not moving anywhere on the uh, on the rankings, and they have a pretty weak schedule. Uh, number three, Rams, great both ways. Sean McVay, 42-0 and and leading at half. And something that's crazy is they've allowed the fewest sacks in the league. So when we just talked about earlier, keep Matt Stafford healthy. I mean, he's been sacked the fewest times in the league. He's got no-look passes. He's dropping deep. And people talk about, oh, man, well, they play close to the Lions, Brad. What about the Ravens? The Lions are were six and zero. Jared Goff returning and Matt or Dan Campbell, excuse me, fake onside kick, two fake punts throughout all the stops and still ended up getting beat by nine by the Lions. Matt Stafford threw for over three hundred yards, three touchdowns. Offense did whatever they want. They literally treated that as a do or die. Pulled out every trick in the playbook just to keep it close in the end. Again, yeah, Jared. It was their Super Bowl. Yeah, and they couldn't beat the they couldn't beat the Rams. So, yeah. and Jared Goff had maybe three pass attempts over ten yards, and one of them was caught by Jalen Ramsey. So, number two again, number two and one are Tampa and the Cardinals. Even though Tampa lost to the Rams, Tampa currently right now is playing unbelievable football. Their offense does whatever they want, however they want, as long as they want to whoever they want. And their defense, I know their secondary has issues with injuries, but their front seven is so filthy, and you literally cannot run the football on them that you're pressured so quickly from so many different angles, and you're so one-dimensional by the second half that you look at the turnover margin in the second half, and the Buccaneers get almost free interceptions at times because of the pressure. And, you know, any team in the NFL, when you become one-dimensional, that you're at a disadvantage. And number one, Cardinals, until they lose, I cannot take them from the one spot. They could have one-point wins to the bottom five teams the rest of the way. If you have zero losses, that's the name of the game, man. I can't move you out of one until you lose, no matter how ugly they are. Um, Once you have one loss, I can move you anywhere on this list because of how pretty or bad, but you haven't lost. You've won them all. And uh, Kyler's number one in uh, completion percentage this year, probably the current MVP. And you look at the flip side, they're number one, tied for number one in the NFL, allowing only 16 points a game. They're doing it on both sides. And uh, just a little news update, if you didn't know, J.J. Watt's shoulder is out Thursday against the Packers. So, yeah. But they get Chandler Jones back, so it's kind of like a swap there. Yeah, J.J. out, Devontae Adams out, Alan Lazard out. Uh, what was shaping up to be a massive NFC matchup, which is still going to be. Uh, it is looking a little less than 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 what it was supposed to be. I will say this. Um, I've said a couple different times that I, I think Tampa's. I think they're going to win the, the at least the NFC and represent in the Super Bowl. We'll see who they play. Arizona presents a very unique matchup to them. Because they do multiple things that Tampa is not good at. So. Like you said, they stopped the run. Okay. They have arguably the best running quarterback, him and Lamar, Kyler. Kyler can can give them enough time to move around and can be one-dimensional because there ain't a single player on that roster that can defend their wide receivers. I mean, not only does Tampa have zero corners, they need at least two. (laughs) They don't have any. Arizona, what they can do to teams... Is it? It's not fair, and I, it, truthfully, shame on both of us for not 
really dissecting them before the season to really see that. It just looking at them when you line up against Arizona, and we didn't know how good Rondell Miller was going to be, and he's not. I'm not trying to say he's like an elite A plus receiver, but he's good. He's very he's very comparable, and we know that Christian Kirk's comparable. And AJ Green, he showed us never a reason to think that he's bad. He just kind of got hurt. He's been very good this year. AJ I know. Green- I- I just want to say there's about six things off the top of my head. They lost Patrick Peterson. AJ Green has been injured and declining the last two years. JJ Watt. Two years ago, he never played. Last year, he played in a limited role. Right. JJ Watt had been injured. Isaiah Simmons, year two, will he make the jump? Rondell Moore, the rookie, would he make the jump? And Kyler, would he be more mature, understanding, and really commit to football? Because there was a lot of stuff about baseball, potentially. So you had, still- correct. So so you had a, what, eight-win team that barely missed the playoffs in seven question marks. But literally all seven yeah, they nailed them all. have gone for the Cardinals. I don't think... I do think we analyzed them, but again, before the season starts, you have to remember AJ Green, question mark. JJ Watt, question mark. Kyler, question mark. You know, are are the, is the dual-headed backfield that they got going to work? Isaiah Simmons wasn't the rookie we thought he was. Will he make the jump? But literally every single question mark, like we just said, has gone in the favor of the Cardinals, and it's made them an absolute powerhouse. They're they're a tank, the whole team. So. I don't want to like criticize ourselves too much to like, man, if we would have broke down and analyzed, we should have known that they were going to be at least, you know, a five and two, six and one team, man. If, if two or three of those things didn't work out, if JJ got hurt week two, if AJ green was washed up and ended up not playing, you know, if the running game wasn't there, like, but everything has worked, everything has been positive and, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want you to be too harsh on yourself or us that like, man, if we, how did we miss this one? It's a crazy thing. I mean, that's, what's fun about the NFL every year. You know, yeah. like they always say, there's always four teams that made the playoffs that'll miss it. And four teams that missed the playoffs that'll make it. And I mean, even from the neutral perspective, you look at the top 10 and it's like, man, any one of these matchups, any one of these teams playing the other, it would be so fun to watch. And the playoffs are going to be amazing. But that's still 10 weeks out. But, again, we had the same top 10. Chargers deserved a spot. I had the Browns. You had the Saints at 12. But, I mean, like, yeah, the Car- Cardinals, I don't know if anyone could have predicted them to be this good, especially with the schedule, too, beating the Rams. And now yeah. they got they got a schedule break without Russ. So, Talk about A.J. Green for a second. So let's put things in perspective of if it's working or not. Okay. So 2018 was a bad season for him. He was basically hurt. 46 catches for less than 700 yards and six touchdowns. He did not play in 19. In 2020, he played in a very limited role with Burrow, mind you. 47 catches, 523 yards, two touchdowns. Arizona. <laughs> he has 24 catches this year. We are, what, not even halfway through the season, okay? He has 400 yards, which is good for a career high, 16.9 yards per catch. He's basically a deep threat for this team now. 
and three touchdowns. Again, we are not halfway through the season. Yeah, if you double that, you look at when we're entering late December, he's going to be close to 50 catches, approaching 1,000 yards with seven or eight touchdowns. As the second receiver on the team. It, it truly... You got Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, too. D-hops where it starts, you know, nuke. Yeah, he's he's totally working. Um, obviously, D Hopkins is is doing his thing, but yeah, I I just think that what they would do to Tampa, as far as a matchup goes, I, it's it's like it's like they're the com- they're the complete. They are the blueprint to beat them. They are literally the blueprint. They even have the pass rush to do it. I'm not saying they would. Again, I picked Tampa to represent the NFC, but I would have a tough time betting against them. I, I mean, I'm just you just look at the NFC and the secondary is the weak point for the the Bucks. Bucks. Packers with Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers and company. Cowboys, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, they're getting Michael Gallup back. The Rams, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. I But you you named a couple of teams there, so you're not completely wrong. The Packers aren't stopping Tampa scoring. Not not even a chance. Dallas, they're coming together. Defensively, they look pretty good. Okay. Though I think they're a little overhyped. Diggs is it Diggs is obviously a baller. The rest of their defense is okay. Who else did you say just now? The Rams. The Rams definitely have the defense. We've seen it. They did that was by far Tampa's worst game of the year, but it was also LA's best game of the year. So uh, I'm just saying like the, the 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 capable defense is sure, but I'm just meaning from attacking their defense, trying to keep up offensively on the scoreboard. Yeah, a lot of those teams have like really really good passing games. So I mean, like everyone's a passing game these days now. Yeah. yeah, but seriously though, I mean the Packers, Cowboys, Rams—they're all in our top six teams. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And so you're- Tampa, that's why the NFC playoffs is a fucking gauntlet. I mean, if they sneak in a wild card spot after they get him back, you'll have Russell Wilson with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett as a wild card team. Yeah. Say Tampa's the two seed behind the Cardinals and the Seahawks sneak in as the seven seed. You got Russell Wilson traveling to you. I don't know if you really want to see Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler yeah. Lockett in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care if Seattle is sub 500. The Vikings. Yeah. If they're on your schedule and Russell Wilson's lining up against you, you could lose that game. Yeah. You, and, like, say the Vikings end up making a run and be a wild card team. Justin yeah, no. Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Christian Kirk. I mean, there's so many good teams in the NFL. Completely agree. Completely agree. It's going to be a lot of fun, but, man, that's still 10 weeks out, guys. We're going to pump the brakes. Yeah, that's still a while out. I just realized... It's getting dark, and I never turned my light on. So literally, I've been potting in the dark. I don't know if you can even see me. Yeah, you're but... in the dark. I can see from time to time, but it's been getting worse and worse as it gets darker and darker. It's getting darker, and I'm just like I'm here at home alone, just potting with you, and I'm just like I literally, it's like a black screen here. Anyways, that uh, that's a wrap for today. Uh, a day late, guys. Sorry, the the kids wanted me to take them to a, a small trick or treat outing last night, so we're a day late, not a dollar short. Hopefully, we we did the uh, the pod right this week. Got you the top 10 teams, got you a couple discussion questions, and uh, answered the mailbag. Anything else, Brad? Nope. Go Steelers. About to get them Browns this weekend. Guys, 
Check out Spotify Green Room if you haven't already. Live every Sunday, 11 to 12, talking about all your favorite NFL matchups. We've been getting a lot of great feedback. It's definitely the way that we envisioned our live shows being when we first started this. Unfortunately, they just never got there, but they're there now. Uh, please check it out. And uh, it's rivalry week, Michigan, Michigan State. Go blue. Beat little bro. And we'll see you guys next time. Real talk. Later.